Get about the curveball, Ricky. Give him a heater. Welcome to the Heater Podcast. I'm Dan Lewig. He's Corey Peeper as we're back after a couple week hiatus of uh, just uh, life getting in the way and in various ways uh, within it. Back to talk, uh, reviewing the first third of the season. We are 60 games in. Uh, amazing. That's uh, uh, Time flies uh, when you're uh, watching baseball. Uh, but it is, uh, uh, we're going to give our, our third of the season, uh, uh, give our. Uh, Awards talking about the MVPs, Cy Young's biggest surprises, disappointments, biggest questions uh, as we uh, uh, review the first third of the year. Uh, this is the time period where we talk about you just want to be 500 at the end of May, right? Or through the first month and at least be, be there because now we start getting to that point where that excuse, uh, and I should let me back up 500 at the end of April, just to finish that with no major injuries. That's the benchmark for April. And once you get to the end of May, you start either getting like, okay, we're good, or you start getting concerns where things can no longer be just written off as uh, it's just an early season slump. There you start getting more lingering questions uh, or hot streaks that have taken place as heaters to begin. Is this more sustainable? You start getting a little bit more legitimacy uh, with a few more at-bats and, and innings uh, and uh, have some fun things to look at as we're uh, a full two months in the book starting month three uh, and some interesting trends and storylines that have developed in the, the first part of the year. Uh, the things that have jumped in, uh, it has been a more exciting game uh, from the uh, games being shorter of what we thought was possible for stolen bases has absolutely been the case. Uh, it is a uh, uh, a running league, uh, and we're going to be looking at some year-end numbers right now that we haven't seen in a, in a generation. Uh, so it's a, a more exciting game. It's a quicker game. We've mentioned it before from early takes within it. That now looks sustainable. And your team's Blowing away the field in stolen bases. Absolutely running wild. Next is 62. Your team has 81 steals. They have uh, stolen 30 consecutive bags without uh, uh, being called out. Pretty good. Uh, so they're on, a, on on quite a stretch right now. I watched the Reds steal nine bases in a game two nights ago against the Brewers. Wow. And they won. Wow. So the Brewers won. So, hey, it was not well. You can usually blame the catcher. It was not his fault. A lot of times they did not even throw because they just did not hold the runner. But, yeah, it's a – it's a completely different. Can you imagine having a nine steal game just last year out of any team? You'd have immediately assumed that Noah Syndergaard's on the mound, right? Because he's terrified to do anything. Yep. And otherwise, you'd have said, okay, well, must have been uh, some speedy player. But the Reds, when you think of speed, that is not the first team that you think of. And uh, they just ran wild on the Brewers because they, they could took advantage of the rules. So it's fun. The the next like major rule change that's going to potentially have an impact is when we start talking about uh, automatic strike zone and what that means for catchers, right? That's the only thing that's going to change where I think the, uh, where the arm will matter more. Uh, it won't matter about uh, your ability to frame. Uh, that won't matter as much. A strong arm, and then you can take a more defensive, uh, you can take a defensive limited catcher provided he has at least a strong arm to throw to second. Like, that's it. Uh, that that's the only thing that's going to major change. But otherwise, I think we've seen more of a monumental uh, changes being implemented here. 
there isn't much left that's going to be taking place in the near future. This is the new norm of what we're seeing for how the game is being played. And it's been positive. Like I said, I don't have any complaints about uh, the quote-unquote new game. Yeah, I hate to give a whole lot of credit to our guy, Rob Manfred, but he kind of nailed it. It's a, it's a fun game, and it's getting, you know, diehards like us were going to watch it. If it was a four-hour, nine-inning game, we'd have probably watched it. But the casual fan, apparently, it seems to be helping. They, they like it more. And, and attendance is up. Like I said, good. people are enjoying it. Uh, ratings are up. Like Everything is up right now within it. It is more uh, of an exciting game. There's been more of uh, good storylines within it. That we'll get into, but I did not forget. I just talked about overview of things here, but before we get into MVPs and Cy Youngs in the first third of the season, uh, the Heater Podcast is brought to you by River Creek Popcorn. For all of your snacking needs for baseball games and movies of choice, come hungry, leave happy. It is time for uh, summer and time for popcorn, uh, and it's been a hot one this weekend, uh, but it's been a, a good good start to the, the popcorn wagon season as well. Yeah, our first third of the seasons went Extremely well. Very thankful for that. Looks like the weather's going to cool off to a more tolerable temperature. Nice. More normal. More normal temperature, right? It was it was hot the last, I don't know, week? It's been hot for a while yeah. around here. And Upper 80s rain, for, so. uh, for just beginning June. So, yeah, it, it's been hot. I understand why a lot of people, it was not our best weekend ever, and that's fine. I understand. It was, a lot of people wanted to stay in the AC, but this week well, looks like it's Graduation be central. Yeah, graduation season, confirmation season. A lot of parties this weekend, but... We did fine. Uh, come out this week, buy popcorn, or go down to Dan's big shindig down in Rockbridge on Friday night and eat the popcorn there. Yeah, we'll have some uh, uh, River Creek popcorn at our. Uh, uh, not surprising that a baseball aficionado has found a way to uh, uh, to market one of the more unique wiffle ball and tee ball fields in uh, Richland County, a, uh, a mini Fenway. Uh, with the green monster that'll have a 250-inch screen uh, draped over it that will have uh, the 30th anniversary of the Sandlot being played and some River Creek popcorn uh, and some other goodies going on with it. You can't watch that movie without a s'more station, so uh, that will be fitting as well. But uh, uh, multiple uh, opportunities to... Uh, grab some uh, some excellent popcorn here this uh, this weekend. But you guys have been on location more uh, uh, within it to start the this season. Yeah, so I went to Pretty Petals Greenhouse in, I guess it would be Casanova, maybe Velton. I'm not really sure the address. That was great. Saw some people that I met or people that I knew that came to buy popcorn and then bought flowers. And then I met new people that bought flowers and then bought popcorn. So I think next year we'll probably do a couple of weekends there. We'll probably do the Saturday of Mother's Day and the Saturday of Memorial Day again. And coming up the next one, I believe, is in July. I will be on location in Reedsburg for a couple of days at Ridiculous Days. And I will update you on the dates when it gets closer because I'm not entirely sure off the top of my head. I was going to be my next question is when is the next on location? So coming up in July, we'll have more info uh, that will be coming up here in the, the next couple of weeks. So we'll look forward to uh, uh, to those opportunities. So anyone living in the, the Richland Center area, come on out to Rockbridge on Friday at uh, this upcoming Friday, the 9th at... Uh, oh, a little after 8, once it gets dusk, we'll have the, the movie started. Bring your favorite uh, lawn chair or blanket and sit out and watch uh, that within it. Though, uh, my uh, weather streak, uh, the, area needs, the, area, <laughs> the area needs rain, uh, so that definitely would be yes. good for that to happen. Hopefully not Friday night. I'm seeing uh, the highest percentage chance right now in the next seven days is Saturday uh, with like a 35% chance. So my luck that will bump up to Friday night, but we'll wait and see. Hopefully good weather for uh, what should be a good event uh, for that. But let's get down to business. We'll talk about 
uh, first third of the season. Uh, we're going to give our, our first third MVPs, Cy Young's, again, biggest surprise, both player and team, disappoint, biggest disappointment, biggest questions. Uh, we'll use that as our way to uh, get back in the swing of things and recap uh, where we've been and look at what's uh, what's coming up within it. So let's start in the AL. Let's start with, uh, with MVPs, the guys that have had the biggest impact uh, in the first third of the season. Who do you have for your first uh, third uh, AL MVP? It's kind of boring because he is the defending AL MVP, but Aaron Judge has been arguably like better than last year. Uh, last year he had 62 home runs and 131 RBIs and just barely missed out on the triple crown because Luis Arise got him in the average. But No one's getting triple crown this year either, <laughs> newsflash. No, no, no one's getting the triple crown, and that's fine. But Aaron Judge only played 49 games, which – I think he missed about 10 games with, I don't remember what his injury was, but 19 home runs, even missing the 10 games, still leading the American League in home runs. The average, okay, it's dipped to a, oh, still perfectly fine, 291, and once again, leading baseball and slugging and OPS, OPS plus. His chase rate is actually down. He's swinging less, forcing people, so get Stanton healthy. Maybe he scores some more runs. Aaron Judge is a star. Like, at this point, Aaron Judge is an absolute star. I kind of doubted the health at being six foot seven over the course of his career at some points here, but he might miss a few games a year, but when he does play, it, there's no doubt that Aaron judge is going to be an extremely high average, extremely high, high power bat. I don't think he's going to replicate last year. The 16 steals were just an aberration. It's not that he's not fast because he takes such massive strides. He can eat up space, but I think 10 is more likely, but if he hits at this point, you know, he's tracking towards another, maybe not 61, but, 55 is well within the realm of possibility again, and if he hits 55 with probably 120 ribbies right around 300 plus the New York media, Aaron Judge, that's that's my pick. Quarter way through this or third of the way through the season here to get a second in a row. Well, blasting baseballs, blasting walls. Uh, you that saw that awesome. uh, just went <laughs> right got, through the forget, bullpen wall, <laughs> and it was called a hit. That's what stunk. Be- even though he caught it because he fell into the outfield, Max Muncy got second base. Did you know that? I did not realize that yes. was the outcome so of that. Boone was Aaron Boone was pissed that the wall wasn't reinforced I mean, and Max Muncy got a double off of that. I mean, granted, he he is the most whiniest manager in Major League <laughs> yeah. Baseball, but he, he actually had a legitimate, had a legitimate gripe that one. Aaron Judges, after the game they interviewed him, I don't remember who it was because it was on uh, national TV, and he's like, he's got to build these walls stronger. I'm a big man out there. And I was like, man, he, he, <laughs> he really does get it. He truly understands the New York. He's great with the media. Yeah, Aaron Judge, my pick for first third of the season MVP. Uh, normally you think uh, – Elite is going three, four, five, mm-hmm. three hundred batting average, four hundred on base percentage, five hundred slugging. Like that's the if you get a guy who can do that, that's a franchise player. He's three, four, and almost seven. <laughs> like that's the absurdity of where he is. He has nineteen home runs, but he also so compare him to Pete Alonso is first with twenty one. Pete Alonso also has uh, four doubles. Judge has nineteen homers and ten doubles. He is an extra base machine at such an elite rate. Again, a slugging percentage of 674. Uh, just insane what he's done. Uh, he picked up right where he left off last year. Uh, would have thought that there would have tapered off a little bit. Would have thought maybe health maybe a little more iffy within it. He is as good as last year, if not more, when you talk about all-around game uh, with an app. Uh, I can't argument. I could. I could give the full the Shohei debate. Like this is getting to be. Uh, uh, what are we? Magic and Bird level. 
uh, going for a different sport within it. But uh, Shohei and Judge, like it's it's a two man race. Nothing's changed that. Uh, and granted, when it comes to best hitter in baseball, you could at least add it Jordan Alvarez, right? Like that's a like those three guys are some of the best hitters, and I would put Judge and Alvarez as best hitter. Best overall player with like Shohei also like extremely good. <laughs> That's not a knock to say you're third to those two, and you can debate that still uh, within it. But those three are at a different level hitting wise, uh, and of course, then you have what Shohei does uh, uh, pitching uh, within it. There's there's truly never been anyone like him, uh, and so I I still stand by the argument of being able to be elite at both uh, until he stops doing that. To me, he's an automatic MVP. But I will say I believe more in Judge this year than I even did last year uh, uh, within it. Just that, that sustainability, what he's doing within it. Again, it's 1A and 1B, and you can debate all day long which one is which within it. Uh, but both guys, excellent and just out of this world. So I look back just two months ago at our predictions. Well, well every couple, every third of the season we'll update this, and I look back at our predictions. We both predict Otani, which is fine. We think that's possible still. But then we all... Each picked a non-Otani player. And while we didn't pick Aaron Judge, I, I like our other picks. I picked Jordan, which we just talked about. Fantastic. And I believe your pick, Wander Franco, is actually leading everybody in war. Like, Wander Franco, a different type of player, not the massive home run hitter of Judge or Otani or Jordan Alvarez. I think he has six, maybe I'm wrong, seven, somewhere in there. Uh, the steals, I never I, – I thought he was fast – but if you had told me that 21 would be his like season total, I'd have said, okay, that that's that's believable. We're at 21 steals here at June 4th. That I did not see. And the average, we've never doubted the average, right? We've I think we've thrown out like Boba Shet comps for the average before on the podcast, maybe even one soto. Like someone who's going to hit 300, that that was never in doubt. But I, you know, you could make the case if if the season ended today, all three players we mentioned, plus Aaron Judge, would all finish in the top five in the AL MVP. So we're off to a good start. Well, let's look at it this way from a full extra base hit uh, level within it. Uh, Pete Alonso is at uh, 26. Aaron Judge is at 29. Wander Franco is also at 26 uh, within it. like To me, the if you're thinking of best ballpark where he would shine, if you would put him in Fenway, Fenway. Yep, yeah, there the you one. go. Yep, uh, it, it, just playing Pepper with, uh, with the green monster. Double, My goodness. Yeah. Uh, but, but the... Uh, when you count uh, extra base hits, when you count uh, stolen bases, uh, he is your five-tool guy, and he's showing that extremely well within it. Uh, nice to see him. Uh, and there's a reason why he was the number one overall rated prospect unanimous for three years in a row, uh, and he is now showing that fully healthy. You're seeing that together. Uh, again, definitely good in different ways, not your classic uh, masher, uh, but as far as impacting the game and seeing that with the advanced stats, uh, he's showing that uh, within it too. We'll switch to the National League, uh, and are we in agreement? It's, it's it's this is a race of one right now. I'll go one and a half. I mean, if the season ended now, I do think Ronald Acuna wins this award pretty. I won't say easily because Freddie Freeman walks on planet Earth and is also a fantastic player. But Ronald Acuna, he's healthy, right? I mean, last year he was he was injured. I and he still put up a 15 homer, almost 30 steal season with 266 as a 24 year old coming off of a major knee injury. And this year, 
he's just fantastic. I, he, there's very few things you can say. He's leading baseball in runs, in steals. He's hitting 325. You were talking about extra base hits. He's got 30 of them. He has more than Judge. He has more than Aaron Judge. Now, as good as Ronald Acuna is, I just said, the guy who's actually leading in extra base hits is Freddie Freeman, right? I believe he is leading with 34, which is a ridiculous number at June 4th. Here's the thing about Freddie Freeman. Okay, we know he's an incredible hitter. He's been an incredible hitter. He is a first ballot Hall of Famer at this point, leading baseball in hits and doubles. He's going to steal 20 bases. Like, you want to talk about someone taking advantage of the steals? He has eight steals I this year. did not expect that. Yeah, with... So we knew people would take advantage of he's he's always stole some. But Freddie Freeman could easily put together like a hundred run, twenty-five homer, hundred and twenty RBI, twenty steal, three thirty season, and Ronald Acuna could actually win the MVP over him. That is how ridiculous both of those two are playing right now. And just remember, Freddie Freeman, ex brave. So I do think Ronald Acuna will win, barring an injury, assuming that he keep plays even 80% of what he's capable of the rest of the way. But this might be the best season we've ever seen out of Freddie Freeman, and that's a guy who's won an MVP award and is, I believe, like yeah. a six-time All-Star, and this might be his yeah. best year yet. And he's fantastic, too. So good for him. Actually, so you look, you're talking about extra base hits. Three of the top four in baseball play on the Dodgers. Freeman, then Acuna, and Betts are tied with 30. J.D. Martinez has 29. That is Fantastic! I did not realize how he good is, J.D. Martinez he has, has been lately. come on. Uh, I, I don't know what his full like made numbers are within it, but he has been on a he's got a six twelve slug. Yeah, good for him. That's awesome. Wait, wait a minute, figure it out in L.A. And you know, I think they're like think of we call this a, a trade, even though it was, it was all free agency stuff with him. But Justin Turner's, Turner's been solid. Fine. For, Justin Turner's playing absolutely great fine for, for again, that, great for Green Monster, great for Fenway within it. It has been a, a good fit there uh, too. So yeah, one A and one B. Uh, is it Cunha uh, uh, is is definitely at a a different level, but Freddie Freeman can definitely make the case of being. There hasn't been a first baseman. Uh, putting up those types of numbers or any position uh, within it for what he's doing across the board, uh, making the the full claim uh, for that. We switch to uh, uh, to pitching, and we'll stay in the NL, uh, and uh, doing that intentionally because are we just staying uh, on the same team as uh, uh, as the other outfielder, or do you have a, a different contender uh, for the NL Cy Young? So I have two names down. I, I do have two. I will start with Strider. That, that's who you're talking about. Okay, actually, I have three. So Spencer Strider is an absurd pitcher who I don't know. Like, words start to elude you at some points. The amount of strikeouts the guy can rack up is just, I, I mean, Randy Johnson levels. I didn't think he could repeat it because it, it was so absurd. Because it was so absurd. It was not against him, but improved it, right? Yes. Last year, he struck out 13.8 per nine. He's striking out 14.6 per nine. That is elite closer level, and he does it as a starter. He has 113 strikeouts in under 70 innings. I mean, he's not going to hit 200 innings. That's, that's fine. He won't do that, but if he hits 180 innings, he's going to strike out 300 batters, and he has a sub three or eight. He is absolutely phenomenal. I At this point, you just buy into it until his arm falls off, and I don't know. He has a very repeatable delivery. He only really throws two pitches, so Strider is fantastic. Absolutely, that has to be the four, the favorite. One B or one A would be Zach Allen. Zach Allen with the Diamondbacks has been. Yeah, he's been healthy, and you've seen it. Like, this is the been, shoulder, right? This is this is it. This is another guy. 
He has a 72 innings. He has a 272 ERA. He is leading with seven wins. He has 80 strikeouts. I think Strider is more dominant. I think Zach Allen will get more innings. And as good as you know, Zach, they're both going to pitch on the, the Diamondbacks. Spoiler alert. I don't know if one of us, I'm sure, will bring them up under surprises that the Diamondbacks have been really good. Now, Strider, we knew would be good. Zach Allen has pitched like an ace on a team that we did not expect to be in contention that this quick and Zach Allen deserves it. And then there's always, okay. So when it comes to specifically Cy Young award, you usually get a couple stars, but we've seen R.A. Dickey win this award. We've seen, uh, I'm trying to think of, there was a tiger, which one, what Rick Porcello won this award. Not that long ago. How about Marcus Stroman? Marcus Stroman is got a two fifty nine ERA five and four 73 innings. He has a 0.98 whip. So he played today, so I'm going to update your numbers to Sorry, two point. You. No, no, I mean, because it's even better. It's Good. now 2.39. He's 6-4 and four, uh, within it, and he leads all of baseball in quality starts. He has 11 quality starts uh, out of 13. 11 out of 13. That's awesome. Uh, 2.8 uh, war. Fantastic. I mean, so he's going to have the, whereas Strider's team is more than likely going to win the National League East, and... I don't know if eventually the Diamondbacks will drop off, but they're going to hang in contention, I think, all year. The Cubs aren't, but Stroman's been fantastic. The the It's the same things that we talk about him for years, right? When the sinker works, he's fantastic. And the, the Cubs signed Dansby Swanson, which is an elite defensive shortstop, and it's it's helping him. And so, you know, Marcus Stroman, I don't know if he'll win it or not, but he is absolutely deserving of an all-star appearance and right now should be considered a top three contender in this award. And will be a free agent at the end of this year. So that uh, that uh, uh, that sound that makes when a register opens within it. That's uh, every time he throws the arm. That's got to be the sound it? that he hears. I mean, that has like to our be, buddy Eduardo was hearing uh, until he pulled his what was it his finger pulley muscle or something. Hopefully he can come oh, back. Man. All it means is like you you may da- damage your ability to be traded by the trade deadline. But as far as just come back, look healthy with it, <laughs> you're going to make bank in, in the off season for so sure. Marcus Stroman. So who was your who was your pick? I got through three names I'll, out there. I'm going to go Strider just because that, that pitch for pitch dominance uh, and that flash does win, especially on a winning team. Uh, but you can make cases, very strong cases, for, for all three of the guys mentioned uh, uh, within that. Sometimes uh, what hurts a strider is when you have a teammate uh, doing extremely well. And Bryce, Bryce Elder, Elder leads somehow 1. leads the 1. National 3 League. 1.93 at ERA. That is, wow. <laughs> that one I did not see coming. So good for Bryce Elder. I hope you keep it going. I think you have, like, the lowest BABIP in the league. So I'll bet on it going up, but. We'll get and to that and there I'll give the Braves credit for their own development versus a, uh, a, a question that I wasn't going to be part of this, but a question I wrote down anyways was, are the Braves good enough without the Oakland donation? Uh, when you consider Sean Murphy and Matt Olson uh, within it, who have both been ex- like top five at their position uh, within it. Uh, but It's a fantastic uh, team. It, it really is. is. It's it, a fantastic The best team. constructed and also from locking guys up to uh, team-friendly deals but giving the guaranteed money within it. Uh, Braves are set for contention for a, a number of years to actually have a full contention window. Uh, you definitely see that uh, within it. We move to the American League, Cy Young, uh, and it, I think you could make three guys uh, three with, within it. Uh, and let's see, like I have three guys in mind. Let's see what your three are. Well, I'm assuming that we both probably have the first one, and that would be Shane McClanahan. I think I don't know if he's your top guy, but he is certainly on your list. I'm confident in that. Leading the American League in ERA and wins. 
Did he pitch today? He pitched today too, right? He pitches tomorrow. Tomorrow? Okay. Uh, look, the shoulder's healthy, right? That was the question at the He was tracking towards being in contention to a Cy Young last year, and it was the shoulder, right? Or was it an elbow? It was the shoulder, right? That shoulder. Was, that was started to kind of flare up at the end, and he only got to 160 innings. He's already at almost 70 innings. Like, that's that's kind of the weird thing here. I'd, I didn't know how much they would baby him, but if he's going to get to another one, if he gets to 180 innings like Strider, he's not going to rack up the 300 strikeouts to Strider, but he might rack in 180 innings. He could put up, you know, 230 plus. That's kind of what Corbin Burns did a couple of years ago when he won the Cy Young Award. And he's going to have an extremely low ERA on a, the still the best record in baseball and going to be, if it's not the best record, maybe they get caught by somebody, but it's going to be a very good record, meaning he will rack up a lot of wins. So, Absolutely, Shane McClanahan at this point has to be the favorite, but there are there's other options. Uh, I have Kevin Gaussman as another option. Kevin Gaussman, I believe that was your preseason pick, it if was. I don't remember mistake. You got it. And look, we knew last year, I think he led the league, and I remember talking about this with you. He led the league in BABIP against last year. Patrick Corbin had a lower one than him. So he had a 335 with unbelievably bad luck. Well, eventually it will turn, and it's turning. And now, so now, he leads the American League in strikeouts. Say, there are only two two pitchers who have crossed the uh, the triple digit plateau in strikeouts. It's Strider, and it's Gaussman. Kevin Gaussman's he's fantastic. He's been fantastic for the better part of what four years now. And you just see like how one pitch. I watched him just two days ago against the Brewers, or I guess it was earlier this week. It was a couple days ago at this point against the Brewers. The splitter. I mean, it just he just throws it and he throws it and he pounds at the bottom of the zone and just pound it in the dirt or you miss. And it's what it is. And he rides it to a mid two ZRA. He needs Toronto to start playing better. If he's going to win this, yeah, he needs Toronto to start my, playing my better. My goodness, four and three with the with the numbers he's putting up uh, is uh, uh, is uh, just sad. Uh, uh, Toronto once again the most frustrating team. Uh, they have surpassed. Mets level frustration in my mind when you consider the full talent they have. We normally think of uh, their batting well. talent. Like you look at them and they're like, "Oh, this guy's actually playing pretty well. This guy's playing pretty well. How are they not winning games?" Like <laughs> that's that's it. I, this is one where on paper this the they are not playing to their talent level, and this has been a reoccurring theme that is only getting more of an exclamation point uh, at, at this stage. So we have McClanahan, Gaussman, and the third, Nate Valdi. Yeah. I'm going with Nate Evaldi here. So I know he pitched today, and I believe it was another seven no-run innings. I do not have the updated ERA. I have seven 2. and two. 2. 4. Okay, 2.24. 8 and 2 now. Uh, he's leading in qual- complete games. I, he's, I think he's got to be. If he's not leading in innings pitched, he has to be right towards the top. 80 innings. That is 80 fantastic. Innings. Incredible. Right around 80. I'm assuming right around 80 strikeouts. On If they're not, if the Rays don't finish with the best record, Texas has a pretty good chance to finish with the best record. Their offense is fantastic, so he's going to get a lot of wins. Look, the question's always been the health, right? It's always health. It's always health. It's always health. Well, you're at 80 innings. We're at June 4th here. Like, if Nate Evaldi throws 100, another guy, if he hits 180 innings with a sub 2.5 ERA on a team that's going to win a lot of games, you don't doubt the talent. We've never doubted the talent. And it's it's kind of like Marcus Stroman in that he's not as big of a flashy name as Gaussman and McClanahan, but... These guys win it. If he pitches great all year, absolutely Nate Evaldi has a chance. I, I think there is a can be a split at three, uh, and for all the reasons you mentioned, uh, Nate Evaldi is uh, is there within it. I'll go back to give, uh, and this is a guy that doesn't want to give uh, Yankee love, uh, but Garrett Cole, uh, uh, almost at this point underrated for what he does because he just does it time in, time out. Uh, he is 7-0. Uh, uh, so he still hasn't taken a loss yet. 
uh, he is he is also about uh, less than an inning under uh, Nate Evaldi, so he's been pitching innings uh, within it. Uh, is it uh, 2.82 ERA, uh, so he's been very good. Uh, I believe in his numbers more than I do uh, Nate Evaldi as far as home runs given up. Uh, Nate Evaldi's only given up three. That's going to regress at some point. Doesn't mean he's not going to be a top five pitcher in the American League. I'm not saying that, but just there's going to be some things that are coming here that are going to even this out that I think will push Cole ahead. Uh, But either way, Texas, uh, we'll talk about their offense, uh, but uh, their pitching, they have a couple of guys that have stood out and done extremely well in the first third of the season. Nate Valdi is a huge reason uh, why they are neck and neck with the Tampa Bay Rays. That, like, that would normally be a simple, like, uh, massive storyline with one. Texas has made this a two-team conversation, and even Baltimore has made that in three with just how well they have performed uh, at this stage. I'll give it to McClanahan at this point, uh, but I think we're at three to four pitchers uh, in the American League that are all worthy of the, the level with they they've pitched in the first third of the season. Among the seven pitchers that we talked about, we talked about you know getting McClanahan hit 180, can strike hit 100. If there's one person you're betting on to hit you know 210, it's Garrett Cole, right? Yeah. Garrett Cole is going to go out there and they're going to ride his his arm to as many innings as he can give them. So yeah, Garrett Garrett Cole is. He's, always an opportunity to win a Cy Young Award with the stuff he has. It's amazing that he's ne- somehow he's never won one, which is hard to believe because there's some those years with Houston were just absurd. But Garrett Cole's fantastic too. He's the youngest workhorse that's left in Major League Baseball mm-hmm. outside like Sandy Alcantara, but he doesn't have the, the numbers right now. We'll get now to him. Won. I have yeah. him coming up too. Yeah, but the but uh, unless you're talking, normally think of uh, Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer, mm-hmm. who got, these guys are forty Scherzer's years fantastic. old. They're a different era uh, within it. Uh, Garrett Cole is the youngest guy that is still being used in that capacity and showing the uh, the stamina uh, to be able to do that. At some point in today's game, that's got to matter. Uh, and if he can keep doing the innings with what he's doing at this level with which he's performing, that's got to start speaking on a uh, Cy Young level within, especially when you haven't gotten that first one yet. But let's talk surprises. Uh, and with Nate Evaldi, I'll, I'll stay right there within it. Texas, I think, is the biggest surprise more than the Rays within it. All the credit to the the amazing hot start they've gotten out to. I I think what the Rays have done has led to more excitement in Major League Baseball, more national attention uh, to the sport within it, which has been incredible. Uh, but I'm I want to give this to the Texas Rangers because the you knew their offense was good. They I mean, Corey Seager come back. Oh, my goodness, since he's been healthy, a uh, a, at bat for at bat, very few guys better than if you want to talk about like uh, MVP guys uh, as far as their their at bat for at bat level, he's been right up there uh, within it on an amazing uh, offense within him and Marcus Simeon is the other one. They they spent a lot of money on these two guys and they are getting their money's worth. Health is always the question with Seager, but when they're on the field, those two guys have been absolutely incredible. But there's more guys you can add into that conversation now as part of it. But then on the pitching side, this team has spent a buttload of money and they have nailed their picks. You can look at New York Mets or you can look at other teams within it who spent a buttload of money and not necessarily got their return out of that yet. You may still like it overall long term, but no team has spent more and gotten the equivalent return uh, in the last two off seasons uh, than the Texas Rangers. Yep, they were the team I had down too for the biggest surprise. Absolutely, I pick Corey Seager every year to win. It's to me like dark horse MVP. 
if he'd ever stay healthy, he's hitting 340, but that's over 100, over 26 games. Marcus Simeon is a, as another one is a star, absolute star. I, this is at this point, he just is what he is. You just bank on it, but they have others like Nate Lowe. You mentioned before we started Josh Young, like Josh Young looks fantastic. Uh, Ezekiel Duran's been fantastic. Adolis Garcia has 50 RBIs. He yeah. strikes out a ton. I don't always know how he does it, but when he does contact the ball, it just works. And at this point, that's another one. You just, just bank on it. And so then you look at the pitching. We just talked about Evaldi. John Gray, this is going to be the best year we've ever seen out of John Gray. This is get, the get out, him of out of Colorado, the healthy John Gray. This is going to be his best year. And guess what? We've seen uh, 30 innings of the best pitcher on planet Earth when he's healthy. They don't have it. They haven't gotten Jacob DeGrom yet. So if he gets healthy, like – this team could be really, really good. And that's like all you want, be healthy in October. Mm-hmm. At this point, this team is good enough everywhere else. I don't care how many innings DeGrom gives me throughout the year. Just make, sure you're, just make sure you're healthy come October. Mm-hmm. That's all that I want you for because when you are healthy, you are uh, a top three consideration best oh, pitcher yeah. on the planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, th- that's what he does. Whenever he is healthy, that is exactly who he is. So he is your playoff equalizer. That's what you're paying him to be, in my opinion, anyways. Get everything else there. Get into the playoffs and make sure he is healthy there because that's where you'll see the the, the return on that investment. I did not expect them to be this competitive this fast. You mentioned I think they're seven, 18 games above 500, I believe, right now, uh, only behind your team at this point. And I, I thought they'd be fine. I thought they'd be a perfectly fine team, but you're three and a half games ahead of Houston, and Houston's been playing really well again lately, like playing like the team that won the World Series, which I said maybe this is maybe there's, there's a chink in the armor. There's not. The Houston Astros are an extremely good team, but Texas played better so far, and good for Texas. I'd love to see these teams that you know, have struggled the last few years turn it around in a hurry, and you mentioned they spent a ton of money, and this is what you want to see. So 152 run plus differential. They have now they uh, dwarfed team, right? the yeah. Rays by 30 runs now. Like it's not even close anymore. Didn't they score like uh, with they win like 13 to nothing today or something. It was it was it was like 16 to the three yesterday. <laughs> like it is just uh, otherworldly what they are 12 doing. To three today against Seattle. Uh, 19 and eight at home. 19 and 12 away. Like they are equally That's good, good uh, across the board. Uh, team that's gonna be. Uh, uh, I mean. Yes, you can wonder about Nathan Evaldi, and you can wonder about John Gray come playoff time within it. But for at least right now, for the regular season, this is sustainable. Like you're not worried about a. I mean, I don't know if a 150 run differential through the first third of the season or a little bit more uh, is what you would call sustainable. But as far as being like this level of good. Uh, or within just run, one rung down within as everyone eases into the, the year a little bit. They're here. They're one of the top three uh, teams in the American League. There's no reason to think otherwise come uh, come end of September for them not to be in the top three in the American League. Absolutely. Uh, I will transition to I have an NL player and an AL player for surprises. I'll start since we just talked about the AL. I'll keep it in the AL. I'm going to go with Josh Lowe, and that is – Josh Lowe has, I, and I thought this is a platoon bat and uh, the way he played last year, and that's kind of the way Tampa Bay used him. And remember, they sent him to AAA after almost 200 plate appearances. But he was hitting 220. Well, they maximized it. And I thought, well, at most, this is, you know, this might be Jack Peterson, who we, it's always the one we bring up, or Kyle Schwarber. Well, it's more. This is a 11 homer, 37 RBI, 13 steal guy who's hitting 293. This is, that's a 30-20 pace, which I don't know if he'll sustain that, but. If you told me 20, 25, 20 guy. 25 yeah. 25, somewhere in there, like, I think it's really possible. Now, they're starting to play him more. 
against the lefties at this point. They are starting to give it a chance, and that's all you ask. If you can't do it, they'll maximize the talent. So, Josh Lowe, this is this is kind of what we wanted last year out of him, and this is it. This is good. Worst case scenario, he's a Jock Peterson. Uh, At worst uh, now. Yeah. Uh, and before, but, I thought that was a high. higher ceiling. Yeah, uh, and, and it's a yeah. Uh, success in baseball is not linear. I mean, we can go back and look at Nelson Cruz uh, uh, for his. Like, it took him to uh, to what would be a second half of career uh, to even get a shot. Was one of the uh, most uh, prolific uh, power hitters in the game afterwards. Uh, success isn't linear, and sometimes that first year uh, they take their lumps, they take their struggles. But both of the uh, you count his brother uh, over with Texas uh, within yeah. it. Yeah. Another one who struggled initially, but they got their they have their swing figured out. Uh, understanding warts and all, this is who they are. They're not going to necessarily change their warts, but they're going to learn how to maximize what their strength is while limiting those uh, uh, those weaknesses within it. And both of them are excelling uh, in that role. The challenge for both of them was hitting the high heat uh, the, and still kind of can be a struggle within it, but it is no longer a massive liability. And now their uh, launch angle uh, within that, and when people try to dare them up there within it, if you get it wrong, it's going out on the seats. Uh, and, and you're seeing that uh, excelling within it, and then you count the the contact ability, which is uh, uh, the, the full uh, surprise within it. So it's not just uh, all or nothing. And then the stolen bases went on there within it. When singles become doubles uh, as a result of that, you're making an impact on the game in different ways. Definitely an excellent surprise. I have a National League one as well. And this one, I, I got to give you credit because you were all in. I was pretty much the same thinking on Nolan Gorman as I was on Josh Lowe, and that was platoon bat. Uh, Nolan Gorman has tied the amount of home runs he hit all of last season. He has 14. He has more RBIs. And the average is 276 as opposed to the 226 it was last year. I thought Nolan Gorman was going to play pretty much DH, and he was only going to DH against right-handed bats because he's a lefty. And they have we talked about their unbelievable glut of talent that they just refuse to move on from. So I thought, okay, well, Nolan Gorman's going to struggle to get at bats here. Jordan Walker is going to take DH at bats from him. They're going to play Tyler O'Neill. Well, look, they have a lot of issues. They still have a lot of issues. Their team is extremely strange at this point. Jordan Walker is back. That's awesome. But Nolan Gorman's cemented how much he's going to play. Yeah. <laughs> Nolan Gorman has cemented himself in the lineup, right? That's that's the thing here. And right now, at last I checked, he's batting between Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado, which is like if you're putting about most ideal spots in baseball, other than between Trout and Otani, it doesn't get much better than Goldschmidt and Arenado. And it, it, he's, he's doing it. He's still striking out a lot. But this is – we've seen high strikeout second baseman have good years, right? We were talking about Brandon Lowe. Wow. 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 Earlier. That's that's what he had a couple of years ago, and it was fantastic. You know, I've always said he's Dan Lugla. That's what I've always said about Nolan Gorman. But mm, I like the comp. The 276 batting average, that's way better than I think Dan Lugla ever did. So I think, I think 246 was yeah. the, was his career high. So if you know if he's gonna start hitting, you know, he's on pace for 35 home runs with a 270 average, that's one of the best second basemen in the league. And I did he's not He's getting see that. at bats versus lefties. That's the not a lot, uh, but kind of like uh, uh, Josh Lowe within, like the, uh, starting to get some of those opportunities and just being that. Uh, Nolan Gorman is uh, Kyle Schwarber level. I talk about Josh, uh, Josh Lowe being uh, Jock Peterson level. Nolan Gorman is Kyle Schwarber level with the impact with that bat when he is hot. Now, I still think Schwerber has a little bit of a higher like when when 
when he blows up, he blows up. Uh, and there's no one like that uh, that, that like can him. do that. When, when you're at full peak heater, uh, that's, that's what he does. Uh, uh, but uh, I'm going to go uh, pitcher. Uh, and uh, here's a guy who's been a journeyman but has put it together. Uh, he is in the top six uh, in Ks per nine. Uh, he is also in top six in quality starts. Uh, not quite sure if he's uh, top six in ERA. I'm, I'm going to see if that goes real quick to, uh, to show me. Not quite, uh, but he is uh, uh, among the, the, the top 25 uh, in ERA. He's 7-1. and one. Uh, All the numbers have been excellent for, for everything across the board uh, for him. Uh, but to be that type of dominant, Mitch Keller for the Pittsburgh. He has yeah. turned the corner uh, into being an above-average starter, uh, at least to this point. Uh, we'll see what, what's sustainable within it, but as far as through the first third, uh, there's a lot of names that we can float out for being excellent uh, uh, pitchers within it, but biggest surprise, uh, Mitch Keller has to be on that uh, on that list. Mitch Keller's been fantastic. He's reinvented himself. I've talked about this. He's reinvented himself, I don't know, four times already in his career or something because he was a highly regarded prospect, and it hasn't worked. But this is this is by far the best we've ever seen in Mitch he's Keller. He's striking out over eleven uh, per nine. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. And he's not walking anybody. That's that's the other part of this is that we have not seen him. We've seen him struggle with the walks in the past. So good for Mitch Keller. Shout out to Spencer Steer as one more uh, kind of a mm. throw in. To tr- I don't remember which trade it was from Minnesota and Cincinnati that got him there. He looks like a future in that unbelievable future of the Reds infield that's going to be fantastic in the next, I don't know, hopefully a few days here. I would love to see Christian Encarnacion strand and Ellie De La Cruz, but Spencer Steer has anchored himself a spot in that infield too. Well, let's talk disappointments, uh, and I'll go uh, team, and I'm going to go American League first. You can't, after <laughs> after they completely blew up their team and uh, any board not nailed down was traded, gone. They have... Uh, expunged every ounce of talent that they uh, possibly had uh, outside of anyone who was injured uh, within it. Where the, the, there wasn't much trade value within it, so they've kept it. Uh, so you can't put Oakland on this list when this is what you expected. I mean, they are at losing at historic levels. I, I, the First, the question was, who's going to reach 50 first? 50 wins for the Rays or 50 losses for Oakland? Well, that's no longer a, uh, a debate. They are 12-49. and 49. Uh, and like this is as bad as you've seen a record uh, in quite a while in Major League Baseball. Uh, but at least they have an excuse. Hmm? I, I looked at, and I was uh, almost taken out of my seat. If it wouldn't be, at least there's Oakland, kind of like the whole of uh, South Dakota, North Dakota. What's the, the South Dakota's uh, a big uh, pull for, hey, what's our positive? Well, at least we're not North Dakota. <laughs> For, uh, for the Kansas City Royals, all they can say is at least we're not Oakland. But Oakland has the excuse. Kansas City is 18-41. and 41. There isn't anyone. Like, when you look at the, they are 10, uh, at least 8 wins lower uh, than anyone else. Again, only a third of a season. 8 wins back of the next worst team uh, in the American League. And if it wouldn't be for Oakland, they have the worst record in, in all of baseball. Now, remember, Oakland, everyone knows from any with fantasy baseball, uh, Estridge Ruiz. You know him for being that part within it. Can you name another Oakland athletic player? If you weren't a diehard, could I'm you saying, name an Oakland I athletic can, player? but most people couldn't. Yes. So, But you can name Bobby Witt. 
I can you can name, name Vinny uh, Pasquantino. I can name, you can yes. name Salvador Perez. MJ Melendez. Uh, it, they, this had one of the better, if you were putting in young core position players in all of uh, the American League, at least, if not Nash, uh, if not all of Major League Baseball, you would put them as far as like best guys under 25, best cores under 25. Yeah. Top top five, maybe, uh, maybe sure. top eight. Like, I mean, somewhere in that range. Like, as far Certainly as who, what what young uh, team, what young core would you want to build around? They have it. What's their excuse for being eighteen and and forty one? It doesn't make any sense to me. And at first, you could say, well, at least maybe the pitching is, is, is god awful. Well, their two twenty nine runs scored is the. I'm just checking through uh, within it. If, if it is in the American League, only Oakland is worse. How? How is that possible for that core to be to be failing at this level? How is Kansas City eighteen and forty one? They are the biggest embarrassment in the in the American League. I'm not counting what the what the ownership has done with Oakland. That doesn't count. The biggest disappointment, the biggest embarrassment in the American League has to be the Kansas City Royals. And look, Oakland, Oakland, we knew this was going to, I don't say we knew that it was going to be a historically bad team, but we knew this was going to be, it's going to be rough. And they, Oakland's problem is they've given up 418 runs. The next lowest is, I believe, 309 in all of baseball. Yeah, you have two teams that just crossed the 300 threshold. Oakland's a whole hundred yeah, runs worse. That's Oakland's problem. Oakland's pitching is just, it's double A caliber at this point, and that's, that is what it is. Like, hopefully Mason Miller gets healthy, but... Kansas City doesn't have that excuse. Like, you're right. Kansas City should not have a team this bad. They should be 10 games better than this, five games at minimum better than this, and they're simply not playing like it. And I I, I don't know the excuses. I, I don't quite understand it. Their players, you mentioned some of their, I don't want to say stars, but you know, future stars, I guess, is what we think. We think Bobby Witt could be a star. At least I think he can be, and, and he's having an – Okay, year he's at ten home runs and eighteen steals. That sounds great, but he's hitting two thirty six. And look, draw a walk, brother. You have a two seventy two on base percentage. That that's their problem. Uh, even Vinny P, like Vinny Pasquantino, he's got twenty five walks. That's leading the team, but not great. Like that's not good enough to lead the team. They that's have a full organizational that's problem. A, that's a problem. They don't have they don't draw any walks. They never have anybody on base. Their Someone team, has to be telling them not to do yeah. this. Like this, when you see this level across the board within it. This is a full hitting philosophy that is absolute dumpster fire level that should be get that should get someone fired. Pull your team roster up. Pull your Rays roster up. Cause I can look through this. Vinny Pasquantino among the starters is leading the team in on base percentage at 339. Meaning he's getting on base one third of the time, and that leads this team. Is that top five on your roster on the Rays roster? Because I'm guessing it's not. That would place him ninth. Yeah. Exactly, and it's Vinny Pasquantino is a fine player. Like he's going to be a good player. He's twenty five years old. I think he'll be fine. But someone has to teach this team. You can't swing at everything. You you can't. You have to work a pitcher. And when they get that, you know they're young, right? Pasquantino's twenty five. Michael Massey's actually had a pretty nice May. I know he's hit it. He's twenty five. Abby Witt's twenty three. MJ Melendez is twenty four. It's young, but I don't know how the new manager is regressing. at the development. Oh yeah, this this here's what happens. This team can go two ways. They can get something in here where they they have a philosophy change and they start getting better, or this can go the way of the Tigers, and because we're not that long from you from saying, guess what, the Tigers are going to be really good. Didn't happen. Baltimore did. Baltimore's really good because their team figured it out. 
They changed their philosophy. They, they moved the wall out, right, and helped the pitchers, but their hitters were fine. Kansas City's got to make a choice here because you're going to go one of two ways. You're either going to be great, maybe, maybe not as good as Baltimore, but good, contending. Or you're going to go the way of Detroit where Detroit's having a better year than we thought and Detroit's still four games under 500. So you got to make your choice here. I will go to my disappointment, and I'm going to keep it right in that same division. So we can talk about Kansas City being terrible. Uh, we both picked Cleveland to win this sucker going away. And yeah. Cleveland's offense is atrociously bad. Like, I don't know how they're as bad as they are. Uh, your stats were slightly wrong because Kansas City scored more runs. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they, Kansas they City do. scored more runs than Cleveland. Cleveland has 212 runs scored. That is awful with the amount of offensive talent that that team should have. Now, they've only given up 243, so they're still holding in there because their pitching's really good. They got Tristan McKenzie back today. As me doing so, they're like, Get, get out of here, Zach Polisak. We don't need you anymore. McKenzie came back out, struck out 10, and they won 2-1. to one. That's the type of team that this is. They are winning games 2-1. to one. I don't get what's going on with their offense. We we talked – I kind of like what they offered. But Mike Zanino, 189, okay. Call up Bo Naylor. I don't know why he's not on this team. Josh Naylor, Andres Jimenez has fallen off a cliff again, 247, showing nothing that he showed last year. Ahmed Rosario sitting 224, showing nothing that he showed last year. And then Rosario is he was a a, Fine. a, a fantasy surprise last I think year. He led the league it. in triples last year. He has a, a he was an offensive first shortstop. If the offense isn't there, it will lead to very bad numbers. And it's shown by he is a, a negative zero point eight wins above replacement. Yep, that's, that's and, correct. And a third of the year when when you have no glove and no bat. There should be no play. Okay. OPS plus. We like OPS plus on this podcast. The two of us are friends, finds fans of it. 100 is average. Take a guess. How many of their players are above 100? I'll say two. That is correct. And Jeff I'm going to guess Jose Ramirez. Correct. 117, which is low for him. Continue. And he's been slumping a little bit. I'll say Quan. Uh, Steven Quan is a 99. So he's right he's there. right there. Okay. Josh Naylor's at 109. Otherwise, Mike Zanino, 73, Andres Jimenez, 88, Ahmed Rosario, a pathetic 65, Miles Straw, 77, Will Brennan, 82, Josh Bell, 92. We liked Oscar Gonzalez, 40. He got sent to AAA. He was terrible. It's awful. I, this is the team right here. Like, we can talk about, yes, Kansas City's bad, Oakland's bad. Cleveland's supposed Wasting to be good. good pitching. And, and Cleveland has fantastic pitching, right? We've talked about it. They have got Bieber's been a little erratic lately, but Logan Allen's been awesome. Tanner Bybee's been awesome. They just got Tristan McKenzie back. He'll be great. You can't waste this. Like, your team should not be five games below 500 with that and arguably the best closer in the game behind you. Like, this team has to be better, too. So, American we'll, we'll League Central's a dumpster fire. So. We'll wait for an, another uh, podcast to do this, but as far as, like, making uh, uh, ideal trades, trades that need to happen, this one has been mentioned by a bunch of people. And first, to say that, uh, all the 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 media reporters for the 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 Guardians are uh, all concerned about the offense. There isn't anyone that believes this thing's going to turn around. So you need to tr- you have pitching surplus. You want to find a team that has hitting surplus. Bieber to the Cardinals seems yeah. like a uh, is one that people are in in the industry. They're expecting like that's the most logical fit. Uh, Lars Newtbar. Uh, as someone who's been uh, talked about it as within it, uh, they like they have some guys that they can move around within it. We'll see, uh, uh, but uh, that one seems like a logical fit for that. Yep, 
we'll uh, we'll see how that develops going forward. But disappointments for all of the disappointments. There are also some questions. Or no, sorry, those were surprises. No, well, we were on disappointing teams, right? I'll give just one more disappointing team, and that's the San Diego Padres. They were going to come up in my question, so we can talk about him here. Uh, my question was simply, do they turn this around, or is AJ Prowler fired? Like, because here's the deal. You've this team the does not system. perform. He will be fired. Yeah, That's you, guaranteed. You got nothing going forward here. You gutted the farm system. You you have arguably... This is your core. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have four of the best, I don't know, 20 players at worst in baseball, perhaps. Like, uh, wherever you want to put Xander Bogarts. I know you have three of the best 15, right? Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis, and Manny Machado. Now Machado's been hurt. He's back now. Tatis looks absolutely... Actually, he's cut down on the strikeout rate, which makes him even somehow more valuable Fernando and Juan Soto just gets on base at an absurd clip. So you have this fantastic core. And this team is currently, I don't know if they won today, 27 and 32. I'm not sure if they won today or not. Maybe 28 and 32 or 27 and 33. And in fourth place, you're ahead of the Rockies. Barely. You're in fourth place, two games ahead of the Rockies. That is no bueno for a team that, you just, we just said it. I don't know how much money you'd have to add it up. They have invested in those four, but it's got to be, over a billion dollars, I think, probably in those four players alone. And you can't lose. You cannot lose. This team has to make the playoffs, or it's an absurd disappointment. Not even, not even a disappointment. An absurd disappointment if this team misses the playoffs. And I, I, I don't get it. I, I honestly, I, I'd love to have a bunch of answers, but Blake Snell's Blake Snell, right? You Darvish is fine. Joe Musgrove is looking better. Michael Walker has actually pitched incredible for them lately. And you have one of the best closers in baseball in Josh Hader. So we can say it's the pitching. It's really not. It's the fact that your offense is so incredibly top-heavy. Like, you just had to bring in Gary Sanchez, who's probably your best catcher at this point, and he should be in Japan. But it's you have so much invested in those four players that the rest of your lineup is – it's it's old. Matt, Gary Sanchez, Matt Carpenter, and Rugnando Dor would have been a great middle of the lineup like eight years ago. Yeah, uh, and – this is the team that I could see, like Lucas Giolito, uh, being someone that they, they target for if they have enough for a rental uh, uh, within it. But there's uh, there's definite questions if they want to pay. Uh, if the Royals are willing to uh, offload salary, Salvador Perez, uh, they need catcher. Like that would make a, a ton of sense there within it. Uh, so like they will still spend. Uh, there's still money there. That's the only thing they can bail out. Uh, Preller is that they have deep pocket ownership. Uh, to try to get away from uh, mistakes or holes not filled uh, within it. So we'll see what happens there within it. But for a team that has uh, uh, what they've accumulated, and yet this is their record being like three or four games under five hundred uh, this late in the season, uh, uh, definitely leads concerns, and it's 100%. They don't make the playoffs. Uh, Preller will find a new, uh, uh, new address uh, at the end. Uh, I'm just going to run through a quick list of if you want to talk about individual players for being the biggest disappointment, it's take your pick from free agency so far this year. Like, there's a lot of uh, big money contracts uh, that have not panned out so far. Jose Abreu, it took till almost June 1st to get his first home run. Uh, you can talk about that and, and three year, $60 million contract, and he has looked old. Uh, within he's a slow starter, but now like there's more questions within. Like this would be a bad one year deal. You're now thinking of three years at this level within it. Very concerning. Carlos Correa, uh, he's got plantar fasciitis. He's got the whole Alberta Pools thing going on too. But yeah, he's been awful. And of course, uh, the 341 million dollar man Trey Turner, who was uh, number one overall in many <sighs> fantasy drafts within it, uh, has not performed up to like 
I don't even think he's batting 220 uh, at this stage, 230, uh, somewhere within it. But even the power numbers, things aren't there yet. Uh, this is a lengthy list when you want to talk about biggest disappointments, and most of them are guys that got big contracts uh, this past offseason. Yep, very invested in Trey Turner turning it around. Uh, we'll see if he does or not, but he's at 237 with five home runs, which I believe is the same number of home runs he hit in the 10-game uh, World Baseball Classic. So that's the one. That one's hurt a lot so far. Uh, if we're going to do biggest disappointments, here's my list. Okay, let's, let's talk from this from a fantasy point of view. Two months ago, I told you, okay, you, you went pitching heavy early on in your fantasy draft. You took Corbin Burns first. You're like, okay, I'm going to back up Corbin Burns with the defending NL Cy Young winner. We're going to get Sandy Alcantara. And we're going to go right back to Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler and land both the Philly pitchers. We'll add Dylan Cease, who almost won a Cy Young, and we'll get Alec Manoa. You just said, wow, this is the best pitching staff on planet Earth. And oh, man. I don't know what ha- – I don't get it. Corbin Burns has a 375 ERA with less than a strikeout per inning. It's perfectly fine. It's not anything close to what you paid for. Sandy Alcantara has a almost, oh, excuse me, a 493 or a, he gave up five run runs to Oakland today. Oakland. We just talked about how terrible Oakland's. Oakland beat him. He gave up five run runs. He has a 493 ERA. I, I don't get that one at all. Aaron Nola has a 470 ERA. I have, as usual, I, maybe I'm just, every time I pick him to win the Cy Young Award, he's just going to disappoint me, and every other year he's going to be fantastic, apparently. I don't get that one. Zach Wheeler has a 433 year eight. I have a lot of hope for Zach Wheeler. That one I think will bounce back. Cease is doing exactly what I worried about. Dylan Cease is going to be Robbie Ray, and he's mm-hmm. going to have fantastic years, and he's going to have these years where he walks the world. I don't he gets I watched him, I don't know, a week ago and he walked he had like a hundred pitches through four innings because he can't hit the plate. And then who's the last? Oh, Alec Manoa. I <laughs> I don't know. I, the first 40 starts of Alec Manoa's career, I think he had like a 2.5 ERA, and you thought, okay, well, this guy just rock solid. He has a 5.46 ERA with a 177 whip, and a 57 innings, he's at 48 strikeouts. He's, he's also, he's just walking the world. I, I don't know what any of these guys' problems are, but at this point, if you wanted me to like rank them for trust going forward, I'm still going to go Zach Wheeler, I think. That's like the most reliable. And it's either Nola or Burns, who I think will be fine. And then between Sandy, Cease, and Manoa, I don't know. I think it's Sandy, Cease, Manoa, but... I have trust in Manoa long-term. I don't have trust in him this year. This year I, I, I'm sorry. I'm talking specifically this year, yes. But, yeah, I think Manoa will figure it out sometime, but I, here's... I I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. Cease, Cease, I know, has issues. I've known Cease has issues for years, but I guess you'll see when Cease gets the control under, he's going to be... He'll be great, but he has walk problems. Sandy... I don't get that one at all. I thought maybe this will be a, a tougher year for him because more balls will go through. But if you told me Sandy Alcantara pitched to over a four-year eight, I said there's absolutely no chance of that. And and at this point for him to lower it below a four-year eight is going to take some amazing starts. And it gets no easier than Oakland. Like, it doesn't get any easier than that. So I, I don't get it at all for these six aces, right? These guys were aces. These are what we thought. And none of them have pitched well. And shout out to Michael Harris also being completely awful this year so far this point this season lots of uh, uh and new new rules and new things that take place uh we still don't know and, and we can't say with that with putting any finger on this with any definitive uh uh, uh evidence behind it how the the uh, the pitch uh clock ha- has changed things within it uh, and if it will take some pitchers a couple of years to fully get into a rhythm of the new uh, pitchers more than hitters within it, creatures of habit. 
uh, and there has been major change in how things are done within it. Has is this the reason behind more pitching injuries? Is this the reason behind more uh, uh, home runs given up or more erratic nature up from start to start, not knowing what uh, what you're going to get out of guys? I think you can five pitchers at most, at most, that you'd say, all right, from start to start, I know what I'm going to get with this guy. Uh, and we named and, him earlier. Yeah, like we, <laughs> we named did. those guys. We did. George Kirby, the only other one I'll George give Kirby's within that from someone George who's been pretty consistent uh, all the <laughs> way through uh, within that. So we'll see what the new rules have done to things within, if that was part of this or not. Uh, but pitching is extremely erratic uh, across the the league uh, this year within it, and we'll see how it goes. I would agree with your assessment in that order as far as who I'd be confident in or have the chance to be most confident in within that group. Uh, but uh, it is... Uh, Pitching is hard to find right now uh, in more ways than one. Let's go to biggest question, uh, and uh, this is a fun one because I don't remember back. Tony Gwynn, when was the furthest out that he was at near four hundred? Where that was, where that was, that's still since Ted Williams, the hardest thing to do or even chase. Uh, in Major League Baseball. I don't remember how far he was able to make it where the question was there. The strike shortened season was at 94, I believe. Yep. that He hit 394 that year in 110 games. And that, I, I don't know how far it was at 390. The la- That's the last time that someone touched 390 at the end of the season. He didn't and get so to 372 97. After 110 games, he was at 394. And he's, you know, you're talking about the best batter maybe one of the best alongside Ichiro Suzuki of the last yeah. 30 years like as far as average goes so yeah I know who you're about to talk about so continue so ha- well, halfway there uh so in 110 games we're at 55 games for at least as far as what he's played uh, so far Luis Arias uh there's many questions when he, when you have one tool how much are you going to bank on it there's a question of like the Pablo Lopez for Luis Arias a trade within it yeah, you need hitters with it. Was this a desperation move? The guy doesn't hit home runs. Uh, he's only one tool guy. If that goes down even uh, just a little bit, you're talking about a league average player uh, within that for a, a guy who is more of a higher end level of pitcher. Does that deal really make sense? Well, this is who Luis Arias is. He won a batting title last year. How does he follow it up? In 55 games, he is hitting 392. That team could have been on biggest surprises too. Uh, the Rangers are fantastic, and don't get me wrong, but the Marlins are ahead of the Mets. They're ahead of the Phillies, and they have one of the youngest teams in baseball. We talk about them a lot, but four games above 500, a fantastic team. Rye is a big part of that. Uh, absolutely a big part of that. We talk about their pitching a lot, but the hitting has been capable. I will say they're not a good offense, but they are... Jorge Soler has like, rebounded. Soler looks power like hitter. the 40 home run Soler again, so... Brian Daly, who's pretty good, like a mid-pack offense on this team is scary. Like if they could put up a middle of the pack, finish to your 10th and run scored and see what you end up with. Because, you know, we talked about Sandy being bad. Luis, Jesus Cesaro and Yuri Perez look like stars, absolute stars again, if they just get the innings. And so, you know, Braxton Garrett and Edward Cabrera and who knows what they get out of Max Meyer someday. But you know, these type of guys, they have Jazz Chisholm's hurt, like, can Jess just come back and this team be even better? So a rise is a, you know, they, they look, they needed a hitter. They got a hitter. They got the best leadoff hitter in baseball is what they got. They traded Pablo Lopez for the best on base. I think he's leading baseball on base percentage, if I'm not mistaken. So 
Yeah, so. I love Luis Rice. So Freddie Freeman, Ronald Acuna, we talked about them as MVP candidates within it uh, for their overall approach. Uh, Freddie Freeman's his his bat. Uh, has, is producing at historic rate level for a first baseman across the board with what he's doing or putting forth numbers collectively that we uh, could best of his career, which is saying something, and one of the better uh, single-season years uh, by a first baseman with these numbers. How many strikeouts do you think these guys have? So when we're talking of Freddie Freeman so far, Ronald Acuna, how many strikeouts would you think they have to begin the year? Well, we're probably at about 220 at-bats now, so I'd say Ronald Acuna's probably got about 50. I'd say they're both around 50. So Freddie Freeman is at 43. Not too far off. And then Acuna is at uh, 36. That's fantastic. Uh, They they have been incredible with that. How many strikeouts do you think Arias has? Oh, it's pretty low. Like 17? 11. That is... 11. You just don't see it anymore? 19 walks... To eleven strikeouts, you just don't see players like that anymore. As far Luis Arias is a throwback player, like you said, he's just the contact is it's it's the high, it's the best in the game at this point, and it's two years in a row, and he's still only 26, 27, I, I believe. Like, and and if this is a peak year, if, if we're looking at one of these peak years from him, how long does he do this? He's at three ninety two right now. How long does he keep staying within say? 15 or 20 points of 400. How long does he stay at this level? I think he's, I think, you know. You I think right we're going now, all the way through year, summer. If you, oh, yeah. If you told me at the end of the year he's above 370, I would say that's, that's possible. I, I don't know if he'll get there. I mean, it could drop off, but it's at this point it's certainly possible, and you're never going to bet somebody to hit 370, but could he hit 330 the rest of the way? And you're at, said he's at what right now? He's at three, 392. So if he hits 330 the rest of the way, he probably finishes above 350. Right, like I wouldn't take any bet below three fifty at this yeah. point for for end of season numbers. Yeah, he's he's a special player. That's just a special player in a way that we don't see anymore. So good good call on Luis Rise. What's your biggest question? Oh, we covered mine. Mine was San Diego. I I already had that. We already talked about the Padres. Mine was do this five Padres fire AJ Preller going forward. So we already covered them. Uh, if I had a backup question, it would be mm, I'm thinking up one off with the cuff here. How about the St. Louis get this figured out? At first, we were t- we were talking about uh, they were uh, uh, things were awful, and then they started making a trend up, and then Pittsburgh knocked them back down. Right uh, within it, now they're back to uh, after getting swept through three and seven. Now they're back at uh, ten games under five hundred. I don't have any faith in St. Louis at all. Like I don't all. either. And I said, even when they were winning, I said, okay, where is this pitching going to come from? Like, can they score runs? Sure. They'll be able to score runs. I don't doubt that at all. I think they will do just fine. They will probably finish in the mid to top half and run scored. I believe that they're still looking at Jordan Montgomery, who's, we've talked about Jordan. I think Jordan Montgomery's a fine pitcher. Okay. You have a number three pitcher as your ace. Uh, no faith in Miles Michaelis. I know he's been good lately. I don't have any faith in that. Steven Matz, Jordan, Jack Flaherty, and Adam Wainwright. Nope, 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 nope. So I don't I don't get where it's going to come from. So you have to make up, I don't know, what's their current record? Are they 10 games under 500 now? Yeah, 25 and 35. I've seen this team do it before. Don't get me wrong. I've seen this team roll off 15 straight wins or something like that to get into it. But I've never seen this team be dysfunctional either. And it feels like it's still dysfunctional. Like, what did... Feels okay. very Why was Jordan Walker sent down to get called back up to a platoon role where I, I don't quite get what they're doing with him? They told him where he had to in go his down own to words, he said, 
just hit the ball in the air. Exactly. Like, th- that's said, the approach like they, they told gave him. him like, any guidance are just like, okay, you need to go down, hit the ball in the air more. And he's like, okay, well, he tried it. He couldn't get it. And then he's like, okay, well, I started hitting better. So they called me back up. Like, what? is there any process to this team at all anymore? Like, are you just like, completely I don't know what happened based? to their full uh, organizational philosophy. That's the biggest, uh, I don't know uh, more, more damning moment. question uh, within it. Uh, and they, they're pitching uh, in the last six games. Uh, no, uh, they've given up three earned runs or less from their starting pitchers. They actually went through a nice rotation nice. of things going well. Guess what? They're still three and seven in their last ten. Uh, They're still I'm, bouncing I'm, Matthew Libertor between starting and relief. I know he's supposed to start this week. I don't get that at all. Just put him in the rotation. I don't understand what they're doing. There's with no their young rhyme players. or reason There's, to what they do. I, I have no idea. So no, I do not. I do not think they'll bounce back. If we're going to talk about like other teams quickly to bounce back, I have. I don't know what Philly is doing. Philly, I know we've talked about them before. They can get streaky. Philly is not like you're getting in the danger zone here. You're seven mm-hmm. games below 500, I believe, and so and you got to make up room on the Mets and the Marlins. And you're not you're, there's at this point. I don't think any of those teams are catching the Braves. I think the Braves are on a whole nother level than them. So yeah, I I don't have a whole lot of faith in Philly either at this point, which sucks because I like Philly. But because it's fun to do this type of thing at the beginning of June within it. You calling it are the uh, are the Cardinals DOA? You willing to call that on June 5th? I am. I don't think that if you're asking there me if I go. think that they make the playoffs. I'll say I don't think they have. A, I don't think they make the there's, playoffs. Uh, there's the, the the hot take that I'll agree with as well. I think the Cardinals are DOA, no. uh, and we'll see what they do as summer goes on within it to see. Expect about a 20 uh, game winning streak here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you heard it here first. Yeah. With that, we'll uh, wrap up. Uh, we'll uh, uh, come back and look at. Uh, oh, next week, what should we take a peek at within it? Should we? Uh, why don't we go down on the farm? Uh, let's okay. take a look at the. Uh, we'll obviously do. Our, we'll go back to our threes, right? Uh, we'll do the threes again next week. Yep, uh, we'll do get, the three players, three hitters, three players, three questions. Three and then teams. we'll take a look at on the farm uh, players that are surprising uh, within it. Where's their awesome. uh, Where's their hope uh, on the farm uh, within it for guys that can be your, your next uh, next round? Who's I'm looking the, at you, Cincinnati? Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Who Who is the uh, uh, the next uh, big hitter and, and pitcher that will come up and uh, lay waste to, to things within it? Who is the next Yuri Perez uh, that's ready to come up and dominate? So we'll take a look at that next week. That's a good one.